first, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for committing to Next and just the ministry that it is. And just want to encourage you guys for stepping into community because that's what God calls us to do. And I just love seeing you guys here. And it's awesome to see these tables filled up and just people that we can talk to and, and grow with. So first, thanks. And uh, second, today is an important day. A little fun fact. Today is Allison and I's exact two and a half year anniversary. So if you're curious and want to keep up with our half anniversaries, you can now do that. So, um, but we are continuing our series through First Thessalonians, picking up where we left off. So chapter four, and then we're going to start with verse 13 and go through 18. Verse 13 is going to come up on the screen for us. I'm going to read it because it gives us a little bit of a snapshot of what this chunk of scripture is going to talk about. So verse 13 says this, once I find it, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. And so Paul is using this term asleep. Uh, what that means is that someone has died, but they, before dying, believed in Jesus, had a relationship with Jesus. And so, as you can hear from the slide, the Thessalonians are grieved over these people who have died. And the big question for them is, what is going to happen to them when Jesus comes back? And so, they don't have that information. Paul gave them the information that, Paul, or that Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back soon. But he didn't mention what happens to those who pass away before Jesus comes back. And so these verses kind of go through what's going to happen and, and what that looks like. And God actually answers this question directly, which I think is an awesome piece of the scripture uh, that we'll look into right now. So verses 15 through 17 are going to come up, and I'll read through those as well. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, remember that part, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in their clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. And I told you to remember that little piece at the beginning because we can confidently say that this is coming straight from God. And so it's an interesting thing that they would, that Paul would go out of his way to say that it is by a word from the Lord. So in some way, somehow, God has revealed himself to Paul and told, them, told him the direct answer to this question for the Thessalonians. And so the question is, well, what did God say? What did he tell them? And just as a, a precursor, there's a theological route that I could go with this, and I am not going to go that route. Uh, I'm not someone to go back and forth on theology because I just, that's just not what I want to do. So we have awesome pastors like Alex who would love to answer those types of questions given that you give them enough time to <laughs> come up with a good response. But 
that's not the route I'm going to go. There is a route that we could talk about, but again, I think the pastors are much more qualified than I am to answer those questions. So, but what I want to jump into is summarize what God told the Thessalonians and pull a little bit of what is God's heart showing in this moment and what can we learn from the Thessalonians. And so what God said is God told the Thessalonians that the people who are already dead are at no disadvantage compared to those who are alive when Jesus returns. They will be called up equally. We will all be with the Lord and we'll be with him forever. And so I think that part is, is probably the coolest part of this chunk of scripture is that we can confidently said, say that we will be with the Lord forever. And that, that's something that we can look forward to and we can trust in. And that's something that the Thessalonians needed. Like he said, they're grieving, they're going through this time of, I, I don't know what's gonna happen to that person. And so God directly tells them, hey, they will be with you just as you are coming up with Christ. And so the first thing that I see that comes from this scripture is that God cares for us much deeper than we think or that we know. And you might be questioning where I'm getting that from, but I think the beauty of this scripture is God is worried and concerned about the grief that the Thessalonians are going through. Right, he went out of his way to directly answer to their grief and their pain. And I think that's just an awesome thing that I forget a lot of times. Like I think God sometimes is just a big moment God. Like I'm making a career decision, so God's gonna move. Or I'm making a decision about our marriage, God's gonna move. But God's there in the little things as well. And I think he's showing that through the grief that the Thessalonians were going through and his desire and his love to answer that question for them. And it's funny, I knew that I was going to be teaching on the scripture. I've been preparing for a little over a week. And this past weekend, God just like woke me up to this exact idea. So just a quick story. Allison and I are celebrating her birthday this weekend. It was also her birthday this weekend, so everybody tell her. Um, <laughs> but we're celebrating her birthday. We went to Handle Saturday, and we're standing behind this couple. No big deal, whatever. They have a dog, and the dog's, like, turning around, and the owner's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And we're like, I don't care. I love your dog. It's awesome. Um, but whatever. We met. We kind of just, like, made eye contact. We saw each other or whatever. Next day, we are in Highland Square, um, going to church with Allison's family and we're walking up the street to Angel Falls to get some coffee beforehand and we see the same exact couple like sitting on a bench just like right outside of Angel Falls. I was like what the heck why would we see these people again? And so I saw them and I like nudged Allison I was like hey isn't that that's the people from Handles right the dog people and she was like yeah that's them you should say something and I was like okay I'll say something so I like whip around the corner, I'm like, hey, two days in a row, huh? And they're like, who are you? <laughs> but uh, once we kind of made eye contact, I was like, from handles, like we talk kind of, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you guys look great. Like, what, what are you going to do? Because we're pretty dressed up. It's going to church for Allison's birthday. And Allison's like, well, we're going to Garden City. It's a church in uh, Highland Square. And she didn't mention the church part, and the, the girl goes, oh, like a brewery or something? And we're like, no, <laughs> not quite. Uh, so 
we're like, ah, oh, it's just a Christian church. It's right up the street. Like, it's great. And, you know, think nothing of it. We kind of exchange names and like, yeah, it was good to see you again. We go sit down, get our coffee. We're hanging out. And they end up walking back over to us. And they say, hey, we're actually looking for more Christian friends. Like, we, we just don't have a lot. We're kind of looking for community. And it just, like, hit me. Man, I'm teaching about God worrying about the little moments in life, and he just, like, blesses me with one. Like, I didn't really do much. I just said hi, but it met them where they were at, and they were looking for community, and God worked in that moment. And it, it actually just kept going on. So we go to church. We knew it was a baptism Sunday, so had our tissues ready and everything. But we get there pretty normal. We're seeing people that we know, and um, they start the baptisms, and the first person that gets up is actually someone that Allison knew really well in college. It's like, wow, that, that's a weird connection. Second person that gets up actually owns the coffee shop that Allison and her discipleship girls go to every other week or once a month. Third person that gets up I know is from Talmadge, um, is really involved in the FCA group. And so it's just like person after person after person that we are just seeing and we know and we're connected with. And it's just God giving us those little nuggets of moments where it's like, man, you're so in control and you're working and we get blessed by these little moments in our lives. And that's exactly what I see coming out of the scripture. So it's just I, I don't want us to leave here thinking that God is only involved in your big-time decisions. He's involved in everything, even little moments like people you see at handles and then you see them again. Like, totally random, but he worked. And, and now we get to look forward to whatever that relationship turns into and that community with them. So first thing, I think God really does care deeper for us than we know. Secondly... From this scripture, I think there's a mindset that the Thessalonians have that I think we could be better at, especially myself. And that mindset, I came with this fancy word that I actually stole from a podcast, but the Thessalonians lived a life centered on eminence. And so that's the first time I've ever used eminence, so I figured I'd throw a definition up there for us. So eminence is... A sort of fancy word that it's just the state or fact of being about to happen, like something's about to happen. And so I think of like a scary movie when the friends are walking through the woods and then the piano starts and you're like, oh, it's about to go down. And they don't know, right? So that's like imminence. Something's really just about to happen and you're anticipating that. And I love the Thessalonians and how they live because they live with this sort of eminence. Not that they like live in a scary movie, but they're living anticipating that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon. And so their lives are marked with this, this way of living. Like why would they be worried about somebody who just died if they didn't have that thought that Jesus was coming soon? Right? So they live this life where they're, they're thinking Jesus is coming tomorrow. And so we need to get whatever we need to get done for God's will here and now. And I love that thought because if I'm honest with myself, man, I don't do that. I'm not even close. 
And so I, I think that leads uh, to this question, do we live like that? Do we live like the Thessalonians? Like I said, I, I don't. I'm worried about our front lawn growing grass and putting gravel around our house, right? That doesn't matter. There's no, there's no imminence in that for Christ. It's just I'm caught up in the worldly mumbo-jumbo of the day. Like, I want my kids to pass their state test tomorrow. Yeah, that's great, but, like, I should more, probably be worried more about a relationship with those kids and loving them and showing them Jesus than passing some test but we get caught up in it and that's, that's part of our lives. So I think that's a big thing that we can learn from the Thessalonians and I wanna pull up some scripture that kind of shows their heart and shows where they're at. And so backtracking a little bit, 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 through 10. Yes, come up. Uh, I'll read the back half of that. So you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. And so they're living their lives waiting for Jesus to come. Like it's happening, like it's gonna happen. Like if you ask me today, hey, is Jesus coming back? I'd say, yeah, Jesus is coming back. If you asked if I lived as if he's coming back this week or this moment or tomorrow, I'd say no, right? But the Thessalonians are living in a way that's like, man, he could come back any moment. What can I do so that more people know about Jesus? And so God's day is coming, but do we act like it? Probably not, right? Not as much as we should or not as much as the Thessalonians are doing. And so one day we will all be swept up or left behind, right? And I'm hopeful that this scripture doesn't scare you, but motivates you like it motivated the Thessalonians. It motivates you to live with a little bit of eminence, like, okay, I could have a really bland conversation with this person, or I could be intentionally trying to work God into the conversation. Can I somehow, some way, talk to you about Jesus without, like, slapping you upside the face with it? Can I be tactful and, and work Jesus into this conversation rather than, how's your day going? Good, okay, see you later, right? I think the Thessalonians did a good job of that. I mean, they're worried about people who are dead because they think Jesus is coming back. I'm sure they're living in a way that reflects eminence of Christ. Christ is coming. And so what I want to do now is I want to challenge us to be eminent and live in the moment right now. And so up on the screen are some, some challenges to, to pray. And I could just send you off to your groups and you could pray through this and that didn't feel right. I wanna pray right now. So I want you to read through these, they'll come up, it's gonna be one by one, I'll, I'll read them off. But first, how can I live imminently for you, Lord? Show me. Call upon God to show you. Second, convict me of who I need to go talk to and share with. Third, give me courage to step boldly into those convictions. And fourth, Lord, help me live with a heart like the Thessalonians. Help me live with that idea that Jesus is coming back soon and I need to have some intentionality with the way that I live rather than just the, hey, I'm trying to grow grass in my front yard, right? So, like I said, I want to give us time right here, right now for you to have a personal conversation with the Lord. 
and to talk with him through those things. And obviously, that's, that's kind of what I came up with. That's where my heart was moving. If you want to talk in a different way, that's not like, you have to do this, right? That's just kind of a structure for anybody that wants a structure. And so for the next three minutes, two, three minutes, I want you to have a personal conversation with the Lord and talk through living imminently for him. So I'll have you start that. And then I will pick up in two minutes and start just, just pray over us. And after that, we'll break off into our groups. So go ahead and, and meet with the Lord.